0: and well I don't think I know that all of us in this room have a God-given potential we all have a God-given potential if you don't believe that uh, whether you receive that tonight or not it does not matter he has given that to you you have a God-given potential not only that uh, but the the difficult part I think for us is is reaching that potential Okay and and we think to ourselves well if that's true then how do we begin to live that out there's a difference between yes we have it and then living that out and we thought that there was a good correlation since we live in the great state of Colorado between reaching your potential as some type of snow sport you know whether it's snowboarding or skiing you know, or <laughs> cross country, um, reaching because that's difficult as well, um, it's, It makes you sweat. So uh, there is a big difference. There's a correlation there between reaching your potential in uh, that kind of a, an arena and then in life, right? Because we all have things that we want to accomplish. We all have like a sanctification that we are hoping that we embody at some point. We want to be a better person. We want to be better friends. Um, We want to reach the heights, if you will. And I remember when I was around, let's see, I was, I was 16 years old, and I had just gotten into snowboarding. And there was this woman on the scene. I remember as a young uh, lady seeing this woman on the scene, and her name was uh, Christy Barrett. And some of you might know who she is. She was an Olympian. She uh, did the half pipe, She did big air competitions. She was the very first girl that I just saw... <laughs> just slay it on the slopes, and I remembered watching her on the TV, and she lines up on um, one of this, it was just a huge kicker, and she pulls just this very clean single backflip, like, but huge, and I was just like... You know, sitting in my living room and thinking to myself, this is what I want to become. Like, this emanates what I want to become. I want to be there. I want to reach that kind of a height. I want to reach those heights. And all of us in here, we have different people that we look to or different um, people we look up to that we are hoping, man, I hope that we reach that kind of potential. I hope we reach those heights. We all want to reach the heights, but um, there's a difference for us between actually uh, having potential and then actually reaching it, right? Because things get in the way. And for snowboarders and for skiers, a lot of you know this, there's injuries, there's setbacks, there's fear. Um you know you'll have off times you'll have seasons where j- things just aren't going your way and um so what is it that makes it makes us able to get to our potential and I love preaching on this and you guys let me just be really honest with us tonight I love preaching on this not because because the world wants us to reach our potential you know 7 habits or 7 habits of highly effective people they want us to reach our potential um for ourselves but at young adults and at Red Rocks, the reason we want to reach our potential is for God's kingdom. And so I love talking about this. I love talking about this because there is so much work to be done. And I want every single person in here to reach their ultimate potential. And so what we are going to talk about tonight as a group of believers and as a bunch of young adults is this. Is that to reach your potential, you cannot live out of yourself. But that to reach your potential, you have got to be empowered by the Spirit of Jesus. And so before uh, we get into tonight, and if you're taking notes, I titled tonight Human Effort or Spirit Empowered. Human Effort or Spirit Empowered. Uh, Before we get into tonight, let's bow our heads and pray. God, thank you so much for this evening. And God, I just give you permission, this stage is yours and this time is yours, Jesus. And I thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I thank you that you are the one that we come to, God. I thank you that you are the one that is capable, the one that creates and that, um, that lives in us and through us and makes it possible, God, for us to fulfill um, the vision that you have in our lifetime of building your kingdom. And so I just pray that we would receive from you tonight. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Um, so I remember being up with a group of friends snowboarding and uh, this was in college and it was just, I had snowboarded then for about three years and each year I felt like I was progressing and then I had a season where I felt like I was not progressing at all, (laughs) and some of you who snowboard or ski, you know you go through those times, like I had my pass, and I had the gear, and I'm up there, Uh, for those of you who don't um, get up on the slopes a whole lot, no big deal, there's other ways you can spend your time in Colorado as well, Um, but I was up there, and in the park, there's this place, um, there's a bunch of different things that you can play on, so there's rails, okay, they're like the, you know, metal things, there's these things called boxes, um, and they're just these giant boxes, and then they've got, these like polystyrene kind of uh, really thick plastic tops and um, you know and then there's obviously the big old jumps the big old kickers with big tables and the whole thing so I'm out the, I'm up there and I loved playing on boxes that was kind of something I got into early on and for whatever reason there was this one box that I, c- I just all day I could not get like I couldn't even get onto it, like, and so I'd like hit the side of it and go, I don't even know what my problem was. And I was looking at my friends like, I don't under what is happening, you know? And I would, I would try to get at it again and I'd unstrap and I'd hype back up. And um, I, I don't know if it just wasn't built up enough or what the deal was. Well, I finally get on it and <laughs> true story, like I clipped like the front a little bit, like there was just a rough part on top of the box and then I end up going head first. But then the terrible part is my feet follow and I like fold in half, but like backwards. And I was like, I was in so, I mean, I was young, y'all, but like that hurt. And and I got up and I just was like, oh, like I'm so frustrated. And I unstrap and I hike back up and my friend's laughing at me and he's like, it comes and it goes, Jess. It just, it comes and it goes. And I remember thinking, I am so tired of it going though. Like. I would just love for it to come to me right now. You know what I'm saying? And it was one of those seasons, though, where I just felt like every time I put my effort into something, it came up void. Every time I tried or I worked hard for something, especially on the slopes, it came up void. But I also felt this in life. I felt this not just in snowboarding. I felt it in my life and in my existence. Have you ever had a season like that? where you feel as though you are working and you are putting effort into whatever it is that's in front of you. You are putting effort into your life. You are trying to make something happen, trying to live up to your potential, and all you are getting is uh, landing in your, like, on your face. Have you ever had a season like that? All of your human effort is falling short. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 5. We're going to read a big old chunk of scripture, so I'd love for you guys to get there yourselves if you have your uh, Bibles with you. And we are going to read about a set of apostles, and we're going to read about this man named Peter who we talk about a lot here. Um, And we are going to talk about for a little bit the difference between human effort and spiritual effort. This is Acts 5, and we are going to start in verse 12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in uh, Solomon's colonnade. And no one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded with the people. But nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord um, and were added to their number. As a result, people brought their sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and the mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered and also from the towns of Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those t- tormented with impure spirits. And all of them were healed. And then the high priest and his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. And they arrested the apostles and they put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Then the angel said to them, go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people about this new life. I love That line. Tell people about your new life, guys. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, just as they had been told, and they began to teach the people. And when the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and they sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. And so they went back and they reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, there was no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple of the guard um, of the chief priests um, and the chief priests were at a loss wondering what um, this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men that you put in jail are standing in the temple court teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. And the apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin. Y'all following this story just yet? To be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God other, rather than obeying human beings. The God of our ancestors raised, raised Jesus from the dead whom you killed by hanging on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as the prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgiveness of their sins. We are witness of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those whom whom obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and went to put him to death. But the Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin. Okay, this dude's the dude. Here he goes. Stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put out for a while. And then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, um, Theodos appeared, claiming to be somebody, and there was about 400 men who rallied with him. He was killed, and all the followers um, of his dispersed, and it came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all of his followers scattered. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail." But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. So tonight what I want to propose to you is that there is a huge difference between living out of our human effort and living out of the spirit of God. There is a huge difference between us living out of our human effort and living out of the spirit of God, of us working as best as we can in our humanity and of us living out of the spirit of God. So let me kind of reiterate this story. Peter and the apostles go and they begin preaching um, in what they call Solomon's uh, Colonnade. It's uh, Solomon's Porch is what it's called. And I've got a little picture of what they think it might look like, okay? And so they would show up and thousands of people would come and meet them and they would bring their sick, As a family, they would. If you had a sick family member, you would uh, bring your sick, the lame, people who had impure spirits, and they would just hope, according to scripture, that Peter's shadow would fall on them, because possibly, just possibly, Peter had so much power um, from God that that his shadow would heal these people. And he began preaching the gospel, and it says that even though people were afraid of what might happen to them, they became Christians, and their numbers were added to daily, okay? This is what's happening. Now, the Sanhedrin, which is a group of Pharisees and uh, Sadducees, they're together. They are the ruling people of the time. They get together, and they begin to feel threatened by this man, Peter, and his set of apostles, and they say, we have to do something. So they put them in jail. An angel breaks them out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) if y'all, y'all just want to, just read Acts, my goodness. An angel breaks them out and he says, go and preach to everyone about the new life that I have given you. And so they obey and they go back into the colonnade and they begin preaching. The Sanhedrin finds them that they're not in jail, that they're actually out and safe and free. And they bring them in and they're like, what is the deal? And they are intending you guys to kill these men. To kill Peter, to kill the apostles. And then Gamaliel stands up and he just says this. He says, Look, if these are just a bunch of dudes trying to make a name for themselves, if these are just a bunch of dudes trying to live out of their effort and make something of themselves and try to lead some type of thing that's on their, you know, on their effort, if this is of human origin, it will fail. No doubt. But if it's from God, none of us will be able to stop it. And if, you, if we fight them, we will be fighting against God. And I think Gamaliel understands something that we need to understand tonight, and that is this, is that out of our human effort, what we breed and what we bring is powerless. But out of God's spirit and Jesus' spirit at work within us, what we bring is powerful. And so what I want to ask you tonight, and the question that I have for us young adults is this. It's a very simple question. How is your self-effort working out for you? How is your self-effort right now, right where you're sitting, in your life, in your dreams, in your hopes, in your potential, in your Christianity, in your pursuit of God, how is your self-effort working out for you? Are you living out of the life of Christ? Are you living out of yourself? And see, we know what it looks like to live out of ourselves because we've all at least been around hamsters. How many of you had hamsters growing up? (laughs) Yeah. How many of you had like 12 because they kept dying? (laughs) <laughs> right. I had I had I had a hamster growing up. His name was Jojo. And then when he died, I named the next one Jojo Junior. And so on. I think I had five total. And Jojo had a little wheel in his cage, and it had and he would get into that thing, and boy would go to town. Right. he and I would be sleeping, and I would hear it. It'd be like. And I'd be like, be like, oh, your exercise is so good for you. <laughs> it's of oh, 3 in the morning, you know. <laughs> and he would get in there, and he would just get after it. Um, but the funny thing is, is it didn't matter how fast he ran, right, He could be in there um, for an hour. He could be in there for five hours. He could be in there for a month. It did not matter how long Jojo spent time in there. He never actually got anywhere. And this is the picture of what it looks like when you and I live out of our self-effort. We work and we toil and we bring the best that we have and we don't get anywhere. We work, and we work, and we work, and we pray, and we try, and we apply for jobs, and nothing. Self-effort. And Peter, we're witnessing Peter in this moment where he is living out of the Spirit of God. But if you backtrack a uh, a few months, several seasons earlier... We witness Peter, and he is not preaching the gospel in front of hundreds of people. He is not um, healing people in the name of Jesus. He is not standing up to the figureheads of the time. He is actually a broken man on a beach. And we all know the story, but I'm going to just read it to you. It says this in John 21, after all these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberius, and he manifested himself in this way, Simon Peter, um, and Thomas, called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Canaan and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples were there. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we will also come with you. And so they went out, they got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Let me paint a picture for you, okay? Because Peter has literally spent the last three years of his life quite literally following Christ. He has spent the last three years of his life doing the bidding of Jesus. He has walked in his footsteps. He has followed him closely. He has known what it means to walk on water. He has known what it means to climb up to the top of a mountain and see the transfiguration. He knows what it means um, to see Jesus heal people from their ailments. He has seen the power of God at work. But as we all know, Peter makes a few mistakes And right before Jesus goes to get crucified, he denies him, and not just once, but three times. And he's so scared that he kind of flees the scene and watches from a distance as the man that he followed for three years gets hung up on a tree and dies, and then gets buried. And so he retreats in fear, in doubt. He's having a faith crisis in this moment. And instead of pressing in, to God in this moment and saying, God, what should I do? God, help me, God, instead of pushing into God, instead of reaching out to God and saying, God, help me with this, God, pressing into Jesus for what um, God might have in this moment, instead of doing that, Peter shrinks back into himself and into his self-effort and he says to himself, well, I don't know what I'm gonna do in this life. Everything else for me is gone and so I'm gonna do what I know how to do and I know how to fish. So I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go fishing. If there is anybody in scripture who could have been said that he had God-given potential, it would have been Peter. Months before this happened, Jesus and Peter are talking, and Jesus says to Peter, Peter, you are the one. You are the rock on which I will build my church. You are the man. You are the guy that will further my kingdom. If anybody could understand his God-given potential, it is Peter. And yet in this moment, he is not pressing in to what God has for him. He is shrinking back into himself, into what he is capable capable of. And he says, I know how to fish I'm capable of at least um, doing that. And so he goes out onto a boat, and he abandons a life of potential in God in exchange for a manageable life that he knows. He shrinks back into self-management. I'm going fishing. And isn't that what we do, you and me? Isn't that what we do? We have a faith crisis or we have something, a circumstance not go the way that we want or um, things don't play out the way that we see they should play out. And so instead of pressing into Jesus, we shrink back and we think, well, what what can I do in this moment? I remember I was in college, and I had a really great friend. Um, We had big dreams. We either wanted to do two things. We either uh, wanted to be pastors and ministers. It was a girlfriend of mine. Or we really wanted to be um, stars on SNL. (laughs) It was one of those two things. And we talked about it all the time. And we had these big dreams. She was hilarious. She was a great friend. And we would just talk about about God, about scriptures that came off the pages and came alive to us. And I remember one day um, realizing, and I had heard through a friend of a friend of a friend that my girlfriend, she had found out that she was pregnant. And it was one of those mistakes that knocked her back and knocked her back so hard that she just kind of shrunk into herself. And I remember uh, it was maybe, I don't know, a year later after that she had had her baby and I went and visited her because I knew where she was living and she was doing hair because she had learned how to do hair in high school, um, had kind of done one of those programs where you could go to high school during the day and then like get some type of licensure in the evening. And so she had done that and I I remember she was cutting my hair and we were talking and I was like, so do you like this? Is this like, is this going good? Like, is is this the dream, like doing hair? And and she goes, well, she goes, "Um, I know how to do it. And so this is what I'm going to do right now. This is manageable for me right now. See, I've made some mistakes, and so I don't know if there's potential for me anymore. And so I'm just going to shrink back into myself. I have had times where I've felt like this, seasons where things aren't working out well, and instead of pressing into Jesus for what he has next, I shrink back. And this is Peter in this moment. He just goes back and he says, I'm going fishing, I'm going fishing. Have you ever had one of these seasons? You just feel like um, maybe you've had a bunch of times that have just kind of felt like you got kicked to the curb and so you just say, you know what, I'm gonna just kind of retreat, I'm not gonna have faith in this moment, I'm gonna retreat into what I know and what's comfortable. You've made a mistake and so you think maybe God doesn't have potential for you anymore, you've had dreams, um, but your life just feels like it's a constant letdown. And so you're working and you're working and you're working, but you're you're tired. And so you retreat back into a manageable life. This is Peter, and it says in Scripture that out of his self-effort, out of what he is bringing to the table, out of what he has and what he's capable of bringing, it says that he catches nothing, nothing. And Gamaliel and Peter understand what I am praying we understand tonight and we can begin to loose ourselves from tonight and that is this. It's that a life of self-effort is powerless but a life of God working through us is powerful. And You guys know the story. Jesus meets Peter on the beach and he says, Peter, come here. We need to talk. We need to, you and I need to talk. And he is not doing this for Jesus' sake. Jesus is not doing this because he needs to do anything for himself in this moment. He is doing this because he needs Peter to be restored, not into Peter, but into Christ through Peter. And So he says, Peter, come here. I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. Do you love me? And he says, yes. Yes, Jesus, I love you. And then what does he say? Go do what I told you to do in the first place and fish for people, not for fish. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do. Yes. Then go back and do what I told you. Don't fish for fish. Go fish for people. Peter, do you love me? Yes, I do. Peter, I'm going to tell you something. I am sending you to do something that you cannot do in and of yourself. You are going to need my Holy Spirit at work through you in order to accomplish. Now go and feed my sheep. And he sends them off. And I think for a lot of us in here, for a lot of us, we get saved, right? And I don't know what your experiences was like when you got saved, but what I'm hoping it was like when it was a moment, right, where you received the awesome power of God, and it was a moment where you know you you came to the Lord and you surrendered to Him, and He met you, and it was one of mo- those moments where you say, "I give up. I'm not good enough in myself. I don't have enough in myself, um, and I need You to be my Savior," right? And If there was a picture of us, it would be like Jesus is a lifeguard and we are out in the sea, right? And we are just losing it. We're drowning. And we call to him and we say, yes, I need you to save me. I need you to come and be my salvation. Jesus, I receive you. And he saves us. But here's the deal. What most of us Christians do is that Jesus effectively and efficiently saves us. And then we get to the shore and we say, thank you so much, Jesus. I'm gonna go back out. I got it from here on out. Jesus did not die. He did not bleed on a cross. He did not have a broken body so that he could save you and then you not have a life that was empowered by him. He did not come to be a lifeguard for you, He came to die and be your life. That's what scripture says. It says, by his death, we are healed from our sins. By his life, his resurrection, we live. And there is a whole slew of us in here tonight that need to read this. Galatians 3 it says this, I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? What Galatians is saying is once God saved you, once Jesus saved you from the pit, that happened by God. That happened by his spirit. Now are you trying to finish out your race as a Christian through yourself are you trying to finish it in your flesh do you understand how foolish that is what God began in you let him complete that's what Galatians is saying we call on him for salvation and then we attempt to do the rest of our life in our effort and so I want to ask you guys again tonight in your potential in your dreams in the place that you find yourself in, right now, how's your self-effort working out for you? How's it working out for you? And band, you guys can come back out here. And wouldn't you love tonight and from this time over to let go of your self-effort and to receive something better? See, our self-effort, you guys, our self-effort, excuse me, it actually keeps us from our potential. And I know this because I've lived it. But if we can receive God's effort for us and through us, then we can live the kind of life that He is hoping that we live. Philippians 2 says this, and this is the amplified version. It says, not in your own strength, young adults, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work with you, energizing and creating in you the power and the desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. It is Jesus who saves you, and it is Jesus who empowers you through the Holy Spirit to reach the heights. It is Jesus who saves you, and it is Jesus' Holy Spirit who empowers you. God wants you to reach your heights. He wants you to accomplish things for his kingdom. He wants you to move forward for the sake of his kingdom. And here's the deal, you guys. He wants you to fish for men. He doesn't want you to retreat into yourself. He doesn't want you to live a life that's manageable. He would like for you to reach out and um, to receive his effort. And maybe that even needs to happen tonight. Not by your effort, but by his. And some of us in here... I don't know how this goes. Um, We cling so much, like, I think it's easy for us to receive Jesus as our Savior, but we cling so much to the way that we do life. Because we, it's like, you know, we've worked so hard to like build um, this whatever it is that we have built, this, you know, um, kind of thing that we've somehow managed to put together that we call an assemblance of a life. And we say, well, this is what I've built. And so (laughs) if I let that go, I'm not really sure how this whole thing is going to hold up. And what God is wanting you to know is that if you would just hand that over he could give you so much more he doesn't need your self-effort he doesn't want your self-effort anymore and isaiah 40 says this and this is where we're going to end and then we're going to take communion it says do you not know have you not heard the lord is the everlasting god the creator of the ends of the earth he will not grow weary he will not grow tired and, on his, er, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will rock, walk and not grow faint. Another translation of this verse says this. Those who hope in the Lord will exchange their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. What God is wanting tonight is he's saying, you know what? If my life was enough for you to lay, to lay down your life and say, God, I receive, um, I receive your life for my salvation, then is my life enough for you to receive in exchange for what you got going? Would you be willing to take up my strength instead of yours? Would you be willing to lay down your strength tonight and take up his? Would you be willing to lay down um, your self-effort tonight and take up his effort? Would you be willing to lay down your power tonight and everything that you've been working so hard to do in exchange for his? We're about to take communion, and we do this as an act of, re- of remembrance. Um, we do this as, you know, just a time where we say, God, we remember your body that was broken for us. We remember your blood that was spilled for us. But tonight as you do it, as you remember, um, he did all this, you guys, for, his, for our salvation, and that would have been enough. It would have been enough, but he did not just come to save you from your sins. He came to save you from yourself. And tonight, some of you are in desperate need of a new life. Not just a Savior, but man, you need a new life. And tonight, as we take communion, I would love for you to just lay down whatever it is. Lay down um, all of that worry, all of that weariness, all of that tiredness, all of that running and trying. For the sake of his life and his life at work within you. Would you guys stand? And I'm going to pray for us. God, thank you so much for tonight. Jesus, I thank you that by um, your death, God, that our sins are forgiven, but by your life, God, that we live. And I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that dwells within people, that makes it possible, God, for us to reach the heights. It makes it possible for us to do things we never thought we could, God. I thank you that tonight that um, I have received your Holy Spirit. I thank you um, for the people in here who have received your work um, within them. And God, tonight that you would just let them know that they don't need to try so hard anymore, God, but that your work can be effective within them, God. And I pray that they would just begin to um, feel weights drop off and that they would begin to feel um, your effort within them, God, not just to save them, God, but to be their life. We love you so much. God, I am so grateful for what you did on the cross, and I'm even more grateful for the fact that you rose again and that I get to live in you, Jesus, not in myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship, and whenever you're ready, take communion.